0: Section 23 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 4, by Anonymous. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Griffin. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 4, translated by Richard Burton. Section 23, 308th night to 310th night when it was the three hundred and eighth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that the caliph al ma'amun approved his speech and ordered him to come up from his low place to a high stead now when the second question came to him he made a still more notable answer and al ma'amun ordered him to be preferred to a yet higher seat and when the third question reached him he made answer more justly and appropriately than on the two previous occasions, and al-Ma'mun bade him come up and sit near himself. Presently the discussion ended, when water was brought, and they washed their hands, after which food was set on, and they ate, and the doctors arose and withdrew. But al-Ma'mun forbade the stranger to depart with them, and, calling him to himself, treated him with a special favour, and promised him honour and profit thereupon they made ready the seance of wassail the fair-faced cup companions came and the pure wine went round amongst them till the cup came to the stranger who rose to his feet and spake thus if the commander of the faithful permit me i will say one word answered the caliph say what thou wilt quoth the man verily the exalted intelligence whose eminence Allah increase, knoweth that his slave was this day, in the august assembly, one of the unknown folk, and of the meanest of the company, and the commander of the faithful raised his rank, and brought him near to himself, little as were the wit and wisdom he displayed, preferring him above the rest, and advancing him to a station and a degree, whereto his thought aspired not. But now he is minded to part him from that small portion of intellect, which raised him high from his lowness, and made him great after his littleness. Heaven forfend and forbid that the commander of the faithful should envy his slave what little he hath of understanding and worth and renown. Now if his slave should drink wine, his reason would depart far from him, and ignorance draw near to him, and steal away his good breeding so would he revert to that low and contemptible degree whence he sprang, and become ridiculous and despicable in the eyes of the folk. I hope, therefore, that the august intelligence, of his power and bounty and royal generosity and magnanimity, will not despoil his slave of this jewel." When the Caliph al-Ma'amun heard his speech, he praised him, and thanked him. And making him sit down again in his place showed him high honour and ordered him a present of an hundred thousand silver pieces moreover he mounted him upon a horse and gave him rich apparel and in every assembly he was wont to exalt him and show him favour over all the other doctors of law and religion till he became the highest of them all in rank and Allah is all knowing. Men also tell a tale of Ali shar and Zumurud. There lived once in the days of yore, and the good old times long gone before, in the land of Khorasan, a merchant called Majd al-Din, who had great wealth and many slaves and servants, white and black, young and old, but he had not been blessed with a child, until he reached the age of threescore, when Almighty Allah vouchsafed him a son, whom he named Shar. The boy grew up like the moon on the night of fullness, and when he came to man's estate, and was endowed with all kinds of perfections, his father fell sick of a death malady, and, calling his son to him, said, O my son, the fated hour of my decease is at hand, and I desire to give thee my last injunctions. He said, And what are they, O my father? And he answered, O my son, I charge thee, be not over-familiar with any, and eschew what leadeth to evil and mischief. Beware lest thou sit in company with the wicked, for he is like the blacksmith. If his fire burn thee not, his smoke shall bother thee. And how excellent is the saying of the poet, in thy whole world there is not one whose friendship thou mayst count upon nor plighted faith that will stand true when times go hard and hopes are few then live apart and dwell alone nor make a prop of any one i've given a gift in that i've said will stand thy friend in every stead and what another saith men are a hidden malady Rely not on the sham in them, For perfidy and treachery thou'lt find If thou examine them. And yet a third saith, Converse with men hath scanty weal, Except to while away the time in chat and prate. Then shun their intimacy, Save it be to win thee lore, Or better thine estate. And a fourth saith, If a sharp-witted white e'er tried mankind, I've eaten that which only tasted he. Their amity proved not but wile and guile. Their faith, I found, was but hypocrisy. Quoth Ali, O my father, I have heard thee, and I will obey thee. What more shall I do? Quoth he, Do good, whereas thou art able. Be ever kind and courteous to men, and regard as riches every occasion of doing a good turn. For a design is not always easily carried out and how well saith the poet tis not at every time and tide unstable we can do kindly acts and charitable when thou art able hasten thee to act lest thine endeavour prove anon unable said ali i have heard thee and i will obey thee and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the three hundred ninth night, she said, "'It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the youth replied, "'I have heard thee, and I will obey thee. What more?' And his sire continued, "'Be thou, O my son, mindful of Allah, so shall he be mindful of thee. Ward thy wealth, and waste it not, for an thou do, thou wilt come to want the least of mankind.' "'Know that the measure of a man's worth "'is according to that which his right hand hendeth, "'And how well,' saith the poet, "'when fails my wealth, no friend will deign befriend, "'and when it waxeth, all men friendship show. "'How many a foe for wealth became my friend! "'Wealth lost, how many a friend became a foe!' "'Asked Ali, what more? "'And Majd al-Din answered, O my son, take counsel of those who are older than thou, and hasten not to do thy heart's desire. Have compassion on those who are below thee, so shall those who are above thee have compassion on thee. And oppress none, lest Allah empower one who shall oppress thee. How well saith the poet! Add other wit to thy wit, counsel craving." For man's true course hides not from minds of two. Man is a mirror which but shows his face, And by two mirrors he his back shall view. And as saith another, Act on sure grounds, nor hurry fast, To gain the purpose that thou hast. And be thou kindly to all men, So kindly thou'lt be called again. For not a deed the hand can try, Save neath the hand of God on high. Nor tyrant harsh work tyranny, Uncrushed by tyrant harsh as he. And, as saith yet another, Tyrannize not, If thou hast the power to do so, For the tyrannical is in danger of revenges. Thine eye will sleep, while the oppressed, wakeful, Will call down curses on thee, And God's eye sleepeth not. Beware of wine-bibbing, for drink is the root of all evil, It doeth away the reason, and bringeth to contempt whoso useth it. And how well, saith the poet, By Allah, wine shall not disturb me while my soul join body, Nor while speech the words of me explain. No day will I be thrall to wineskin cooled by breeze, Nor choose a friend, save those who are of cups unfair. This, then, is my charge to thee, Bear it before thine eyes, and Allah stand to thee in my stead." Then he swooned away, and kept silent a while, and when he came to himself, he besought pardon of Allah, and pronounced the profession of the faith, and was admitted to the mercy of the Almighty. So his son wept and lamented for him, and presently made proper preparation for his burial. Great and small walked in his funeral procession, and Koran readers recited holy writ about his bier, nor did Ali Shar omit aught of what was due to the dead. Then they prayed over him and committed him to the dust, and wrote these two couplets upon his tomb, Thou wast created of dust, and camest to life, and learnedst in eloquence to place thy trust. Anon, to dust returning, thou becamest a corpse as though ne'er taken from the dust. Now his son Shar grieved for him with sore grief, and mourned him with the ceremonies usual among men of note. Nor did he cease to weep the loss of his father, till his mother died also not long afterwards, when he did with her as he had done with his sire. Then he sat in the shop, selling and buying and consorting with none of Almighty Allah's creatures in accordance with his father's injunction. This wise he continued to do for a year, at the end of which time there came into him by craft certain hoarsun fellows, and consorted with him, till he turned after their example to lewdness, and swerved from the way of righteousness, drinking wine, in flowing bowls, and frequenting fair women night and day. For he said to himself, Of a truth my father amassed this wealth for me, and if I spend it not, to whom shall I leave it? By Allah, I will not do save as saith the poet, And through the whole of life thou get'st and gainst for self, Say, when shalt thou enjoy thy gains and gotten pelf?" And Ali Shahr ceased not to waste his wealth all wiles of the day, and all watches of the night, till he had made away with the whole of his riches, and abode in pauper case, and troubled at heart. So he sold his shop, and lands, and so forth. And after this he sold the clothes off his body, leaving himself but one suit. And as drunkenness quitted him, and thoughtfulness came to him, he fell into grief and sore care. One day, when he had sat from daybreak to mid-afternoon without breaking his fast, he said in his mind, I will go round to those on whom I spent my monies, perchance one of them will feed me this day. So he went the round of them all, but, as often as he knocked at any one's door of them, the man denied himself, and hid from him, till his stomach ached with hunger. Then he betook himself to the bazaar of the merchants, and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the three hundred and tenth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king." But ali shar feeling his stomach ache with hunger betook himself to the merchant's bazaar where he found a crowd of people assembled in ring and said to himself i wonder what causeth these folk to crowd together thus by allah i will not budge hence till i see what is within yonder ring so he made his way into the ring and found therein a damsel exposed for sale who was 5 feet tall beautifully proportioned rosy of cheek and high of breast And who surpassed all the people of her time In beauty and loveliness and elegance and grace. Even as saith one, describing her, As she willed she was made, And in such a way, that when she was cast In nature's mould, neither short nor long was she, Beauty woke to fall in love with the beauties of her form, Where combined with all her coyness, Her pride and prudency, The full moon is her face, and the branchlet is her shape, and the musk-pod is her scent, what like her can there be? Tis as though she were moulded from water of the pearl, and in every lovely limblet another moon we see. And her name was Zumurud, the Smaragdin. So when Ali Shar saw her, he marvelled at her beauty and grace, and said, By Allah, I will not stir hence till I see how much this girl fetcheth and know who buyeth her.' So he took standing-place amongst the merchants, and they thought he had a mind to buy her, knowing the wealth he had inherited from his parents. Then the broker stood at the damsel's head, and said, "'Ho, merchants! Ho, ye men of money! Who will open the gate of biddings for this damsel, the mistress of moons, the union pearl, Zumorod the curtain-maker, the sot of the seeker, and the delight of the desirous?' OPEN THE BIDDING'S DOOR, AND ON THE OPENER BE NOR BLAME NOR REPROACH for evermore. THEREUPON, QUOTH ONE MERCHANT, MINE FOR FIVE HUNDRED DINARS, AND TEN, QUOTH ANOTHER. SIX HUNDRED, CRIED AN OLD MAN, NAMED RASHID AL-DIN, BLUE OF EYE AND FOUL OF FACE, AND TEN, CRIED ANOTHER. I BID A THOUSAND, REJOINED RASHID AL-DIN, WHEREUPON THE RIVAL MERCHANTS WERE TONGUE-TIED AND HELD THEIR PEACE and the broker took counsel with the girl's owner, who said, "'I have sworn not to sell her, save to whom she shall choose, so consult her.' Thereupon the broker went up to Zumurud, and said to her, "'O mistress of moons, this merchant hath a mind to buy thee.' She looked at Rashid al-Din, and finding him as we have said, replied, "'I will not be sold to a greybeard, whom decrepitude hath brought to such evil plight.' Allah inspired his saying, who saith, I craved of her a kiss one day, but soon as she beheld my hoary hairs, though I my luxuries and wealth displayed, she proudly turned away from me, showed shoulders, cried aloud, No, no! by Him whose hest mankind from nothingness hath made, For hoary head and grizzled chin I've no especial love; What, stuff my mouth with cotton, ere in sepulchre I'm laid? Now when the broker heard her words, he said, By Allah, thou art excusable, and thy price is ten thousand gold pieces. So he told her owner that she would not accept of old man Rashid al-Din, and he said, Consult her concerning another. Thereupon a second man came forward, and said, Be she mine, for what price was offered by the oldster, she would have none of. But she looked at him, and seeing that his beard was dyed, said, "'What be this fashion lewd and base, and the blackening of the hoary face?' And she made a great show of wonderment, and repeated these couplets. "'Showed me, sir, such an one, a sight, and what a frightful sight! A neck, by Allah, only made for slipper-soul to smite! A beard that meetest racing ground where gnats and lice contend! A brow fit only for the ropes thy temples chafe and bite!' o thou enravished by my cheek and beauties of my form why so translate thyself to youth and think i deem it right dying disgracefully that white of reverend aged hairs and hiding for foul purposes their venerable white thou goest with one beard and comest back with quite another like punch and judy man who works the chinese shades by night and how well saith another quoth she I SEE THEE DIE THY HOARINESS, TO HIDE, O EARS AND EYES, FROM THEE QUOTH I. SHE ROARED WITH LAUGH, AND SAID, WRITE FUNNY THIS, THOU ART SO LYING EEN. NOW WHEN THE BROKER HEARD HER VERSE, HE EXCLAIMED, BY ALLAH, THOU HAST SPOKEN SOOTH. THE MERCHANT ASKED WHAT SHE SAID, SO THE BROKER REPEATED THE VERSES TO HIM, AND HE KNEW THAT SHE WAS IN THE RIGHT, WHILE HE WAS WRONG, AND DESISTED FROM BUYING HER. Then another came forward, and said, Ask her if she will be mine at the same price. But when he did so, she looked at him, and seeing that he had but one eye, said, This man is one-eyed, and it is of such as he that the poet saith, Consort not with the cyclops e'en a day. Beware his falsehood, and his mischief fly. Had this monocular a jot of good, Allah had ne'er brought blindness to his eye. "'Then,' said the broker, pointing to another bidder, "'Wilt thou be sold to this man?' "'She looked at him, and seeing that he was short of stature, "'and had a beard that reached to his navel, cried, "'This is he of whom the poet speaketh. "'I have a friend who hath a beard, "'Allah to useless length unrolled. "'Tis like a certain winter night, "'longsome and darksome, drear and cold.' "'Said the broker, O oh, my lady, Look who pleaseth thee of these that are present, and point him out, that I may sell thee to him. So she looked round the ring of merchants, examining one by one their physiognomies, till her glance fell on Ali Shar; and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say. End of section twenty three. Recording by Griffin.